Welcome back to Glitchcast, episode number 33. I'm welcoming myself back this week after a one-week hiatus. Welcome back. This might be two weeks. The better Lindsmeyer is back. <laughs> um, Sarah was nice enough to uh, fill in last time, and it went it went well. It yeah. Went well. Yeah. yeah. We'll I see. We, we might have her back. <laughs> she didn't blow yeah. it. Yeah. We'll see. She, did, she didn't ruin her chances for the future. Um, this week we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, the... Uh, the follow-up to Infinity War, quite the uh, quite the different vibe from this one than the. It the was it was needed. It was needed. <laughs> um, so we'll have the non-spoiler review and spoiler review for that uh, for you. But first, movie news: Jim Carrey is going to play the villain Robotnik in the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, live-action slash CGI adaptation starring James Marsden. Um, what I mean, I guess like I guess it makes sense. I, it feels like this could be a Jim Carrey thing that yeah. would work. I don't know. I, I don't know if they're gonna animate him or make him live action. Either way, I actually I'd love for them to make him live action in some like giant ridiculous suit. Like, <laughs> first of all, it's just good to, good to see him doing stuff again. Good to see him mm-hmm. back. He's kind of a weird dude at the, these days, but um, I, I would love to have him back. He's got that new TV show around the corner too. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's nice to have him back. I think he's still a little bit off the rocker. Um, I just have no idea what this movie's gonna look like. I just yeah. don't get it at yeah, all. I don't either. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they choose to be cartoony and what they choose to be real life because a lot of the Sonic fans' problems with the last couple games have been when they try and take him into the real world. There is a game where he's walking around like New York City and he like has a relationship with a human person girl at some point and people are just like what are you doing what? just make it cartoony make the levels fast 2d and retro so i think this is gonna get a lot of backlash but we'll see oh my god okay um next up idris elba is gonna play the villain in the fast and furious spinoff uh with the rock and jason statham which already just sounds amazing but idris elba gonna be the villain in that uh or they call him the main antagonist there's no character description for him but he doesn't need one. I hope he's just a ridiculous level kind of person like everyone else in these movies. Yeah, I mean, he, he'll he be great. He But he's played a villain a lot. I'd like to see him, like, be in a good franchise. Like, obviously this is a good franchise, but it's going to be silly. And he's got the acting chops to, like, pull off Oscar-quality stuff. Yeah. I don't know. This this is shaping up to be very, very silly. And, uh, of course, we'll, we'll be there day one. Oh, yeah. Uh, David Leitch is directing. The Deadpool 2 director and John Wick director is oh, good uh, God. on board for this. So that's great. Need that Need that action, acting, acting Well, yeah, it's going to be probably less racing, more fighting, and more yes. shooting. 100%. So, yeah. 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 There's, yeah. I hope, <laughs> there better be no mention of fast in the title. I mean, there'll probably there have will to be, be, but like. Yeah. It'll, it'll be called, like, are, Fast Friends. What, what, <laughs> a fast story. Just, what will what will the what will the colon title be? Fast Friends colon a, a speed story. A speed story. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Just following the following the Star Wars route. Sounds mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, A Quiet Place Two. A uh, little update here from one of the producers from the first Quiet Place. He says that John Krasinski is going to be involved, like officially for sure. Uh, not sure in what capacity, whether it's writing, directing, producing, or just like one of those three, or what it would be. Maybe maybe starring if it's a prequel. I don't know. Um, but Paramount apparently does not want to rush this like a lot of studios would when they have a hit on their hands and just try and get it out as soon as possible. They want to find the right story for it, let it sort of you know simmer, let it work its way through it, and then 
release it. So they're not trying to just like be like, no, we need it next Halloween. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I feel like when we used to get big blockbusters, we'd get three to five years between the next one, and there'd be a lot of hype, and you know, you get slow development updates, and and th- these days it's like Jesus Christ. Especially with Marvel, we get a movie every six months, three months. Yeah. Um, so it'll be nice to let the simmer and do a good job on it. It's uh, it's surprising that Paramount is fine with that because Paramount has been taking some hits uh, <laughs> in the past couple of years, not doing very well. So it's like they kind of need a good franchise. So um, they're probably like, guess- "This is our last chance, guys. <laughs> yeah. Let's not screw it up." Yeah, I guess they get they get a little bit of time because they have Mission Impossible coming out. So Mission Impossible net them a lot of money too. If I have to see that trailer again, <laughs> my God, it's such a good trailer. It's the job. You had an impossible decision and. I can't remember. I, I know every line when, from the damn trailer. Just when Henry Cavill locks and loads his his fisticuffs, yeah. so great. Can't wait um, to see that movie. What What do you think? Uh, like a Quiet Place Two would be like. Like Like there's a couple options. You can do like a prequel, I guess, around the family. You could do a prequel set in the world, just to sort of like see like how they devolved into this. Or you could do like a sequel, but like. Do we, Let's like, be careful do, with um with what like a lot of maybe people haven't seen a Quiet Place, but yeah um. I, I don't know if I'd want to see a prequel. I'd want to see maybe another family, you know? Yeah. Kind of like an anthology. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. That'd I be a smart that. way to do it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good call. I forgot that people <laughs> might not have seen this. Now I can't say what I was going to say. Yep. Yep. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, next up, Miles Teller has joined Top Gun colon Maverick, the uh, Top Gun sequel, you know, that everyone was clamoring for here yeah. 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Cruise is on board to... Uh, you know, retain his role, and uh, Miles Teller is going to play Goose's son. Oh. I feel like he's, like, a good, cocky dude, and, like, he could fit well into this universe. I think that's good, that's good casting. Yeah. Um, he has got to be, like, I think, just based on what you see in on, like, social media and, like, tabloids and from this one interview that he had a few years ago he just seems like the douchiest person in the oh, world oh yeah he plays kind of a douchey guy in a lot of roles yeah yeah so perfect I, spot on um yeah no I'm, I'm good with this i think he's a good actor though still oh he might be a dick but he's terrific a good actor, yeah so. and it'll line up well with tom cruise what did i just I see him in oh war dogs you ever see war dogs yeah it yeah. wasn't bad no, it was fine. Right. It, was, yeah. it was serviceable. Kind of cocky also, in that. Yeah, he was all. Yeah, he was also just in uh, Only the Brave. I did not the, see uh, that. Like yet. the firefighting movie, he plays sort of a shithead in that one. So of you know, yeah. a little, a little balanced out. So of course, yeah, he's just typecasting himself, I guess. Um, next up, Silicon Valley star Jimmy O Yang, who plays um, Jin Yang. Jin Yang. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in in that show, uh, is going to play an aspiring stand-up comedian in a movie called The Opening Act. Um, this is a coming-of-age comedy written and directed by this dude named Steve Byrne. Uh, he's going to play an ast- aspiring stand-up comedian named Will O'Brien. <laughs> um, when he gets the opportunity he's been waiting for, the MC slot on the road, opening for his her- hero, Billy G, he'll spend the weekend contemplating the life he's set up and the one he truly wants to pursue, the life of a comedian. Vince Vaughn is producing. Uh, there is a bunch of uh, like other comedians that are going to be in this as well. Neil Brennan, Bill Burr, uh, Russell Peters, Tom Segura. So, sounds like it's... I don't know if this is going to be good. It sounds like it's not going to be very good. Eric? A Bachman, a fat piece of shit, and I'll kill him. And I'll take the house. Uh, 
if you've if you've suffered through life of the party, you'll I I don't know if you got through that whole thing, but you'll notice he can speak perfect English. And from watching yeah. him in Silicon Valley, I really did not think he could. It was really funny to go from Eric Bachman to like, hey guys, come get a beer over here. <laughs> guys want to do a beer bong? God, America rules. Um, I'd like to see more of the guy. I like him. Yeah, I like him too. It's just like I don't have much faith in a movie that's only starring stand-up comedians because yeah. like to be fair, most stand-up comedians like aren't that great of actors. That's why yeah. they're still in the stand-up lane and yeah, not the uh, the acting lane. The big but sick turned out all right. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But he was but he was already yeah, established actor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was already in Silicon Valley and all that stuff. Uh next up we have not seen. I should say I haven't seen. I don't think you've seen. Uh, I've not too yet. No, the Tales holiday. The holiday screwed up last yeah. podcast. We we hoped to review it and we got too busy. Uh, probably will knock it out this weekend though. Yeah, same. Uh, so maybe we'll have that for you next week. Uh, but anyways, the director of that one, uh, Stefano Salima, uh, is not going to return for Sicario Three. There has been some reports that apparently he like. Did, made a lot of changes to the script hmm. uh, for the movie, and like it kind of suffers from that a little bit because you can tell like when Taylor Sheridan stuff kind of like got chopped up and wasn't like what it what it really could have been. Um, it still has like a sixty seven percent of Rotten Tomatoes. People still seem to think it's pretty pretty good, but not as good as the first. Um, so this is kind of good. I would like to just see them bring Taylor Sheridan on to direct Sicario 3. I mean, he directed Wind River. It was yep. great. And he's written all these other great movies. He's already written the first two, so just let him do that. That would be fantastic. I mean, these movies have, like, the slow, like, realistic style of action. Like, it's not a Michael Bay blockbuster, and Taylor Sheridan does that really well, so. Yeah. Yeah, just, I I can't, we can't really say much more about it because we haven't seen it, but I feel like this <laughs> yeah. is probably a good thing based on the, the diminishing returns. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's, yeah, not as good as the first one, but still pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, next up, Matt Damon is going to star as the fugitive billionaire commodities trader uh, in a movie called The King of Oil with John Krasinski producing. Uh, so this, he's going to play Mark Rich, um, <laughs> which is just a great name for a little a guy bit on that, the nose. Hello, uh, my name's Alex Money. <laughs> that clearly did some sort of shady stuff. Oh, here we go. Rich had been indicted in 1983 on 65 criminal counts, including tax evasion. Uh, he was in Switzerland uh, until 2001 when Clinton uh, pardoned him on his last day of office. Interesting. Uh, so Matt Damon is going to do that. Krasinski directing or producing. Uh, they had both teamed up to produce Manchester by the Sea. That's a good one. Um, so that's good. Krasinski but, produced that? Yeah, apparently. Um, I mean, this sounds interesting. Matt Damon needs a hit. He's been not doing well. The last thing he did was The Martian. That was like like oh, well, i guess downsizing but like the last memorable thing Good. he did yeah yeah and yeah. that was years ago yeah i mean he was in two stinkers last year he was in uh downsizing the, downsizing and uh the george clooney directed one. Oh, i can't even remember the name of it that's how no. insignificant it was it was bad suburbicon is yeah. that what it's called i yeah. thought the cohen brothers directed that no, they had written it back oh. in, like, the 80s, oh. and Clooney, like, grabbed it and then, like, rewrote it a little bit Yeesh. and then directed it. Yeah, we skipped that one. We heard bad things. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't even remember the name. Um, yeah, so, and I like Matt Damon. I would like him to be in better stuff. Yeah. We need to get him to join the MCU in a non-cameo role. <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't feel, no, I, just yeah, feel, it doesn't I don't feel like Matt Damon. I can't see Matt Damon in the MCU. I can see Matt Damon going to, like, the DCEU 
and oh, just God. being like a weird character and then just not working. Just him and Ben hanging out, yeah. <laughs> hating their lives in this terrible universe. Um, speaking of speaking of Ben Affleck, have you ever heard the commentary that he did for the Armageddon DVD? <laughs> no. It is some of the funniest stuff you will ever hear on a commentary or just in general about an actor talking about their own movie. He just tears it apart. Really? Tears it apart. <laughs> and it was just like, clearly he just did not care at all what anyone thought. Because he was like tearing Michael Bay apart. He was tearing the movie apart. <laughs> was he drunk? He was, just saying like, he was saying like the script was like just stupid as shit. He's like, why would they get oil drillers and try and teach them to become astronauts in a week as opposed to teaching astronauts to become oil, to learn how to drill a hole in one week? Because He's like, Michael Bay. <laughs> oh, man. What, yeah, what, but, how, how did you end up down that road watching that commentary? I came across listening it. To that. I came across like someone talking about it on Twitter a couple of years ago, and then mm. I went on YouTube and like listened to it. But I only listened to like a quick snippet of it, and then some. It was like the 20th anniversary this past week of Armageddon, and so someone brought it up and was talking about it again. And there's like the full length video on YouTube, so I just nice. like, watched like half of it. But it is hilarious. I'll have to I'll have to give it a watch and a listen. Yeah. Uh, then last movie news story of the week: Scarlett Johansson is going to play. The mob-connected massage parlor owner. Uh, what was the name? Rub Dante and Tex. Wait, Dante what? Tex Gill in a movie called Rub and Tug. <laughs> so great name for a movie. Um, so apparently this Dante Gill was uh, a transgender man, so a woman living as a man. Right. Um, so there was. There's been some outrage this week about Scarlett Johansson taking that role mm. because people want like a trans person to play sure. that role. Um, but Outside of that, um, this is an interesting movie to make. Feels kind of weird. Uh, Rupert Sanders is directing, who directed Ghost in the Shell, so you know, you know, high bar here, right? Um, but basically, yeah, just I mean, massage parlors where prostitution was going on. I mean, he directed ScarJo as a robot. Now he's going to direct ScarJo as a trans. Um, yeah, there you go. At the very least, it'll probably provide some opportunities for some trans roles to be filled in a high-profile movie. So that's good, um, but. Oh god, this is gonna be an awkward movie. It's like Don John when she was in that, which is just about like yeah. porn addiction. Like, yeah, strange movie. Yeah, she's making making some weird choices. I don't. Is she a good actress? I don't know if she's. I a don't good know actress. either. I think she's fine. Yeah, she's serviceable, but yeah. I don't know if she adds all that much. No. Was it her her best role was in her when it was just her voice? I think. Or some would argue, <laughs> Lost in Translation. But yeah. I found that movie snooze inducing. <laughs> Falling asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, tell me what he says. <laughs> All right, Rub and Tug. Fun. Uh that's it for movie news. Couple TV news stories. Uh the Westworld creators insist that they have an ending in mind and aren't just making things up <laughs> as they go. They're getting that lost style backlash. <laughs> um You know what's funny about this is like I feel like back in the day, back in the day, like 10 years ago, 15, oh Jesus, 2018, 15 years ago, a, a, a story like this would have never happened because, like, I feel like because we're in, like, the peak TV and, like, everyone demands so much out of TV and they don't want to have, like, their time wasted Yeah, that, like, this is why they're demanding, like, everyone have these full arcs in mind and, like, a p- perfect ending in mind before they even, like, start making the show. It's but I feel like back do. in the... back. Back in the day, people just didn't care. They're like, "Yeah, just make it, make it, make it, make it, make it," and then yeah. they could do this. They could just make it up as they go. Yeah, I don't like. I don't really like the term "making it up as the as it goes" because like you can have the ending in mind, fine, but you still have to fill twenty yeah. hours of television of every single 
season writer, TV show writer, movie writer is absolutely making it up as they go. They have to. That's their job. They cannot have in their mind 180 hours of television written. Yes, I'm sure they have like very high-level storylines, but they're making the rest up as they go. There's a reason there was an entire episode dedicated this season to another park that was kind of a bottle episode. It's because it's mm-hmm. it's hard to fill hours and hours of entertaining television. Yeah. What did you uh, What did you think of this season? I haven't watched it, but I've it heard... was unnecessarily hard to follow. They <clears throat> oh, that's perfect. They took all of these storylines, and it was really tough to identify which storyline you were watching. And things would be shown first that were in the past, and things would be shown later that it was just unnecessarily convoluted but still fun to watch and still trying to still fun to try and piece things together do you think it's worth it for me to watch someone that did not like the first season that much you pro- are gonna hate season two. Oh, sweet so i can just yeah. read the wikipedia summary um i i would hate to tell you to do that i'm not gonna tell you to do that you should watch it <clears throat> find someone else to tell you to skip westworld season two because it's not gonna be me Okay. All right. Fine. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Uh, last news story of the week. Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa, has said that the Game of Thrones final season will be its bloodiest yet. Has there ever been less surprising news? So this news reminds me of like we're huge Bears fans, and I read Bears news all, all every day. And it's like Mitch Trubisky expects gains in his next season, <laughs> or like Alan Robertson Robinson was signed because he would like to win. Like, this is not really news, but we're in such a drought that, like, we'll take it. Like, she said yeah. something about Game of Thrones. Let's write it up and put a clickbaity <laughs> title. So dumb. It's just like, uh, yeah, obviously that's going to happen. You have l- two gigantic wars that are going to be going on. Also, everyone's people got to die. die. Yeah, everyone, Someone's got to die. Everyone's going to die. People got to die. No yeah. one died in the last, this past season. Yeah. No one, like, heartbreaking. Yeah. But, like, compared to other seasons, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the fact um, that they, whatever, when they went in past the wall to just, yeah. for the stupidest plan of all time to, you spoiler alert if you haven't caught up on Game of Thrones yet, to get the White Walker, or not the White Walker, the whatever, just, how did only one person die? And then, like, the two random extras. Yeah. Yeah. People go and die. Yeah. Um, Sansa might die. I mean, y- y- we don't know. Yeah. That, that know, could <laughs> from what die. we know, I mean, we're well aware that nobody is safe in this show, so... Yeah. It's going to be a heartbreaker. Yep. Uh, that is it for news this week. Let's talk about how you can support us quick. Uh, so you can go to glitchup.com slash support and find three different ways to help us out. There is glitchup.com slash Amazon. You can literally just go put that in your URL. It takes you directly to Amazon's website, and you can just do everything that you usually do through Amazon on there. Order whatever you want. Um, It just so happens that when you do that, using our little link there, our URL, we get an extra little kickback. No extra cost to you. Uh, It just helps us out. It's a tiny little percentage. but every little bit helps. Uh, you can also go to uh, our Patreon and just donate to us there. We're thinking about adding some stuff there, some special stuff, so uh, you can get some extra content if you do happen to donate there. Maybe we'll do and some also, uh, Armageddon con- commentary of our own. Yeah, we can do Armageddon commentary on Ben Affleck's Armageddon commentary. Oh, my God. Inception. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the final way is you can go to T Public and search Glitch Up and go to our Glitch Up uh, merchandise store there and get all kinds of merchandise mugs shirts sweatshirts uh phone cases wild stuff that you can get on there but we got some great designs up um i'm sure i've probably just bought the most merchandise from there yeah we get like (laughs) one or two dollars every time you guys order something there are pillows on there so if you're looking for some cool couch pillows with uh with a glitch up logo i know i know my mother is so uh yeah (laughs) 
and they're they're running sales all the time. There's like almost always fifteen to thirty percent off. So be on the lookout for that. Glitcher.com slash support for those three ways. All right, uh, we got three trailers to talk about this week. First up is Assassination Nation. So this this was more so like a teaser trailer. Um, yeah, this came out of nowhere. And uh, it kind of was given off like this sort of purgy vibe at yeah. times. Like you have the little kids strolling down the street in like the weird creepy America mask. Um, and I just I couldn't really understand what it was about. It just feels like it's trying to push people's buttons. Yeah, um, it reminded me of like the purge mixed with the latest season of American Horror Story. Like, oh, that's a good way of putting it. I don't know what's going on, but it's it's like very America. But I'm sure that it'll have some controversial scenes or something. Yeah, yeah, it's very America, but also America sucks. Um, yeah. This is the uh, the tagline here, uh, or the the synopsis. Uh, when an anonymous anonymous hacker exposes the secrets of the residents of Salem, Massachusetts, four high school girls are out for revenge. Okay. Okay. Um, Directed by Sam Levinson, who I who is the son of Barry Levinson, who's a famous director, uh, and starring Bella Thorne, gross, uh, Bill Skarsgård, so Pennywise, uh, Suki Waterhouse, who is in like The Bad Batch with um, <laughs> with uh, Jim Carrey and Jason Momoa, uh, Judd Apatow's daughter is in this, Joel McHale is in this. Um, there's yeah, this is like it feels very very small budget, but it, yeah. It's it's rocking a seventy seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's it's playing. It's trying to get that purge money. I mean, if you think about it, there's no other movie like the purge right now besides the nine purges that have come out. So, speaking of which, one just came out. Yeah, yeah, definitely don't want to see that. But I haven't seen any of them. Honestly, it looks they oh, all look so dumb. Gotta like watch. You gotta watch at least like two of them. Just watch right. two of them. One and two. I have a feeling this one is going to be the worst one. But, yeah, well, I think one and two would work. I don't okay. even remember what the third one was about, to be honest. Um, all right. Uh, next up is Beautiful Boy. So this is starring uh, Timothy Chalamet, who you may know from Lady Bird and Call Me By Your Name, and then Steve Carell, who you may know from uh, Dan in Real Life. And uh, this <laughs> that, is about – Yeah, that's where you might know him from. <laughs> yeah, man. So this is about uh, two real-life guys, uh, David Chef and Nick Chef. Um David Chef is the dad, and they both wrote these apparently really like heart wrenching, deep memoirs, best selling memoirs. Uh, because the son Nick uh, got like addicted to drugs and heroin, and is sort of about like the trials and tribulations that they went through and that whole thing. I straight up, I'm assuming that the son survived his addiction because he wrote a memoir, but also I don't really know, and that could be the heartbreaking part. But it looks Oscar Beatty. It looks oh yeah, just sort of like like it's just gonna like hit you to your core. But it, it feels a little bit all over the place um, in the trailer. Yeah. I thought it was the, the a really first... bad trailer. I didn't know. Yeah. Like, I got, I, I was like, I don't know what the hell that's about, but it looks like I'm going to cry and I'm going to see it all Academy Awards season. Yeah. Um, apparently, there's, this is, this is, you know, from random, you know, like screening kind of stuff. So take it as you will. But apparently, uh, Amazon, who produced it, is not, like, super thrilled about mm. how it turned out, and so they're, like, trying to, like, re-edit it and recut it to make it, like, fit a little bit better, because apparently it was, like, a little bit of a mess. Um, speaking of editing, it did feel weird. That first scene that they show, when they're, like, sitting in the booth, it was, like... like a whole scene of the mo- It's, like, a whole minute scene of a yeah, movie. Yeah, but it, but it was, like, they cut out, like, a lot of, like, the filler stuff that makes you actually care about the conversation that they're having, and instead mm. just left all the stuff that was, like, high-intensity emotions. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like... It's basically you, you it. cut into the climax of a fight a family fight yeah with no context like terrible trailer but yeah i'm sure it'll be good 
Yeah. Uh, it's rocking a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, but also it could that could entirely change because they're recutting it, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Reportedly. Um, it's directed by this dude named Felix Van Groningen, who's a <laughs> Belgian film director and known for... Oh, he was uh, nominated for Best Foreign Language Film at oh. the 86th Academy Awards, so good for him. Oh, go Felix. <laughs> All right, and then last up is the um, full trailer, the first full trailer for The Predator. So I thought this looked, this was a better trailer, but I also was like, oh, they're, bar to pass. they're, they're just going to put a bigger predator to, that's going to hunt the predators. It's just got to be, it's got to be a bigger thing. Yep. I just, yeah. Predators are already cool and scary. It's just like, it's the same thing I, Jurassic Park's doing now where every movie is the same newly better, scarier, bigger fiercer genetic dinosaur the thing is is like i uh, yeah but like like where are they gonna go with a new predator story i liked what they did in the predators movie where they went to like the actual home planet of the predators and were like trapped there that was cool that was actually not a bad movie um i don't yeah i just don't really it also doesn't feel like they know what they want to do or like shane black feels like he doesn't know what he wants to do with this whether to make it like you know serious action movie or like kind of jokey stupid jokes keegan michael key's uh, oh, his whatever uh, mother's vagina joke was the would have been rated everybody. Yeah, uh, so dumb. Just one of the dumbest jokes. Like, and then they act like people would laugh at that. Yeah, like grown Come like mercenaries <laughs> would laugh at that. Yeah, like no, they'd be laughing at like terrible dead baby jokes or something. Yeah. Not like, yeah. a a joke that would have been shit on in my high school. So bad, so bad. I was watching, I was rewatching The Office last night, and I got to the episode where uh, Michael needs wants to get like a dirty joke to like impress Todd Packer. Mm. So he goes down to like the warehouse guys to like tell them to like get like a good joke from them, and they just start ripping it apart. It was like everything that they were saying in that was way funnier and yeah. like way like dirtier or worse than like this joke was. It's just so such a dumb joke to write. I don't get it. I mean, the and predator, from such a funny person, the predator looks cool, but I just I don't want a bigger uglier predator to, to hunt him yeah. and for it to turn into that and like <clears throat> humans to team up with it in the end or something like yeah i challenge them to do something better than that yeah um all right that is it for trailers this week time for ant-man review So we're going to start out with non-spoilers. Uh, first up, though, let's talk about some numbers behind it. Ammon and the Wasp uh, is projected to earn about $82 million in its opening weekend here, uh, released last night, Thursday night. Uh, that number is higher than the previous film, uh, lowest of Phase 3. Phase 3 has been on a tear, oh, so yeah. that's kind of, like, tough to top. Uh, um, but, like, it, it's still it's still a good return for the MCU. Oh, yeah. um, Break-even point is going to be between $320, $340 million worldwide, which it's easily going to pass. It should double that, um, I would assume. Uh, it's at 86% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, for critics, and then 80% audience. Pretty good. Um, critics consensus. A lighter, brighter superhero movie powered by the effortless charisma of Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly. and man and the Wasp offers a much-needed MCU palette cleanser. I feel like I read that before I tweeted that exact quote pretty much last night, but it was just out of my mind. I was like, ah, I feel better it's, after Infinity War. It's, I mean, it's a pretty good, accurate it is, yeah. description of like yeah. what this movie is. Um, so non-spoilers, what, what, what did you think about this movie? 
I mean, the uh, the summary is is spot on. <laughs> just saying the effortless charisma of Paul Rudd, like it's so true. Like he's just so good, and he like doesn't even look like he's trying. Uh, I really liked Evangeline Lilly. The whole cast, even the daughter, down to the kid actor, yeah. was really really good in this movie. Supporting cast: Michael Pena, who plays Luis, I think. Mm-hmm. Hysterical. That crew, who usually like stupid little side characters like that, could become grating or annoying. Used sparingly, they were great. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was fun, and I think in entertaining. But it, it also, <clears throat> I think it left a little bit to be desired. I didn't think it was quite as funny as it seemed to think it was. Mm. Um, there were some like gut busting scenes that that got me and certain yeah. things, but then some other stuff either just felt like it went on too long or that they just like did not know how to write a good enough joke for the situation. Um, but it, like that consensus thing said, it is it, like Paul Rudd is just so good. Yeah. In this that it almost doesn't matter. Evangeline Lilly is great. I kind of wish she had more to do. Yeah, she uh, was a was, lot better than movie one. Their chemistry, I felt, was really yeah. solid. Yeah. Um, I was really disappointed in Michael Douglas, to be honest. It felt like he was not <laughs> he trying. Was, he was just a crotchety <laughs> dick. Just not, like, doing anything. Um, and then, uh, yeah, supporting cast, great. Uh, I actually am glad that they built on that because I think Michael Pena's stuff in the first movie was like the best part of the movie and them building on that was even better. Uh, yeah. Just letting him just talk his mouth off is so funny. Even the, even the other two, like T.I. adds nothing, but the other nah. dude um, yeah, that Russian was dude. hilarious. Yeah, talking to him, yeah. He has, a, he has a pretty funny joke at one point and it, it could have easily been ran into the ground, but they only play it like one more time and it's pretty funny. <laughs> Yep, yep. Um, I think visually Peyton Reed did a good job. He had his own movie from start to finish here. It kind of looked goofy in certain parts where certain insects are trying to interact with real life people. And it's just like, this is like some Honey, I Shrunk the Kids looking ant <laughs> style. Um, but I thought the action was really good in the fight scenes. And I'm a sucker for a good car chase with some motorcycles. And this movie had one of those too. So didn't really leave too much to be desired. I mean, you go from Infinity War to this, there's no massive final battle or anything, yeah. but action all around, thought the fights were pretty good. Um, yeah, no, I would say, yeah, the action looked great. Um, they did do a little bit more of interesting stuff with the shrinking and the growing sizes. <laughs> say um, that again. Uh, especially in the car chase. The car chase scenes were f- fantastic. Um, Terrific, yeah. Uh, I think like the you know like the hand to hand sort of just like punching and, and kicking each other stuff was pre- worked out pretty well. Um, Which it could have been hard to do. It could have been easy to mess up because you've got a, a villain that's just warping through pe- yeah, people and then like, people shrinking after they like, kick someone. Yeah, or like while they're kicking shrink someone. big, shrink big. Yeah. It was really cool to watch that. Yeah, um, I did. I I do just wish there was like a little bit more of like a. And I know this is, like, a common knock on the MCU, but I wish there was, like, a little bit more visual flair from him, from yeah. the director. Yeah. Just it's, give, me, give me something. Yeah. Give me, give me a little bit of something. Something better... that doesn't look like any director could have done this. Yes, yeah. pretty much, pretty much. Um, it did feel like uh, some of the Edgar Wright stuff, you know, it kind of hurt that it was missing, but it also felt good, like you said, that it was sort of just, like, one cohesive thing as opposed to, like, when you could tell that it was clearly an Edgar Wright thing versus mm-hmm. a Peyton Reed thing. No uh, um, super quick cuts in succession in this one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the villain? Um, or the two villains? Uh, yeah. Walter Goggins is here. You saw him in the trailer, and he's always got that punchable face and, and hateable character. So he was mm-hmm. he was Walter Goggins. I mean... Walton. 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 Wally. Yeah. Come on. Uh, I loved Walton Goggins. I wish we had more of him in this movie. Um, 
was a little disappointed in the lack of him, but he was he was he, yeah he was he was fun and his typical sort of southern, southern absurd kind asshole. of yeah guy. Uh, the uh, the the sort of yeah, going and visit like shape shit. I don't even know what you would call ghost, ghost is what ghost, the person yeah. is called. Um, the villain is called. Uh, I liked it. I, yeah. I liked her. Um, it's like the implications and the stakes were super low. Yep, like which her, is nice. we'll, we'll talk about why she's a bad person soon, but there wasn't, you know, the world wasn't at stake here. Half the universe wasn't at stake here, which was which was fine. Just a nice little breather. Yeah, definitely. It, it is it is nice to have that. I I just I don't know if the villain was fleshed out well enough, or yeah. like I just like didn't like I could get how you could like care about it or like sympathize with it, but it was just kind of like I just. I feel like it was it, we were bouncing around too much to really fully care about that side of things. Yeah. And so that kind of hurt because it felt like there was two villains and then there was a, a an existential villain in a way. Too. Yeah. You. I think you could have cut Walt, Walton Goggins out completely. Mm-hmm. Would yeah. not have mattered. He yep. was. He just got in the way and was like an annoying elite, an annoying inconvenience for our heroes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It, 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 he just felt like he would be something to set up for like a sequel, but all, he's clearly not. It, like. Nah. It, Clearly doesn't matter. We're on to bigger and more intense things. Yeah. Because the next time we're going to see any of these people is going to be Avengers 4. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, no one's thinking about past that at this point. Um, I thought the score was actually pretty good. I kind of yeah. enjoyed the music. I think it, I think it was, had a nice of its like own sort of, uh, you know, it, it's not, it didn't stand out like a ton. But like when you did notice it, it was like, oh, all right. It was cool. fun. Yeah. Was, yeah. They toned, fun they toned back the mass epic uh yeah. hero heroic scores and was just more fun yeah especially during the car um, chase i really like the car chase music yeah uh forgot to mention in the supporting cast randall park plays an fbi agent in this and yes he kills it he's, he's so good so good he's um, so funny it's crazy to see jim halpert in this movie <laughs> uh, bringing that joke back no yep, i saw good, it on reddit good job good um job. Yeah, uh, overall, it was it was a fun watch. Like, just kind of what I needed. Like, would love to just throw it on again in the background. I'm not gonna be like, let's watch that again. But I think yep. I liked it better than the first one. Yeah, I'm kind of grappling with that. I think I liked the first one more, yeah. uh, just because the first one felt like more of a heist movie, mm-hmm. um, and this one felt just more of like a. It was it, they're pretty, a, they, a, they, a flowing sequence of events that didn't really feel like. They were playing hot potato, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, I gotta get the thing. Well, now they have the thing. Now this other group has the thing. Let's go get the thing. Yeah. Well, I've yeah. got the thing now. Nope. <laughs> someone else got got the thing now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Um, let's talk grades then. Uh, grade? I'll give this a B plus. B plus. Uh, I'm gonna go B minus. Cool. Probably would shift up to a B. It's it's going to be immensely rewatchable. I think yeah. the first one's really rewatchable. Like I wouldn't yeah. mind like just honestly going and just like sitting and watching it again if I had nothing. I, I would to do. see it again. Yeah. Um, but it's nothing like mind blowing. Yeah, which is fine. It it is yeah. what it is. I expected it to be this. I'm totally down for this. So. Yep. Uh, all right. So that is it for the Ant Man and the Wasp non spoiler review. We're going to talk spoilers now. So turn off the podcast if you have not seen it or don't want to be spoiled uh, because we're going to start spoiling it right now. All right, spoilers. Um, I wish that there was more fighting with Ghost. Yeah. Because that stuff was really cool. If you count up the minutes, it's probably like under six. Yeah. But I imagine it's really hard to choreograph 
stuff like yeah. that. So like creatively, yeah. it had to be a challenge just to get that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I could have watched Ghost fight tiny ant or large <laughs> people all day. Like, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, um, I. <sighs> I do really wish there was more Walton Goggins. Like, he wasn't necessary, but he was so good. I just wish there was more of him. Well, yeah, it's either commit or don't. Like, don't just have him be an annoying guy that shows up every 20 minutes that I had forgotten about. Yeah. Um, His, the the truth serum guy. Oh, God. That dude was a terrible actor. How did he get in this movie? So, like, weird looking. Also weird looking, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not truth serum. I mean, that was his only line. Yeah. I was surprised when he talked, because usually, like... If it's someone like that, and it's like yeah. they don't have to talk, they're not going to let him talk because then they have to pay him way more. Yeah. But then he got like two lines, and it's like, why? <laughs> he sucks. The truth serum scenes, while we're on that note, <clears throat> fan, just hilarious. Oh, Basically, yeah. all my spoiler notes that I wrote down are just funny shit. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, the first one was, I was dying when they just kept saying it was truth serum, and they were getting mad that it wasn't truth serum. <laughs> <laughs> That was so good. Um, and then it was also nice to finally have Luis do, like, the long-winded, um, like, flashback talking over scene. They do those so well. I don't know yeah. how they do it so well. And the way that the actors portray his yes. voice perfectly and his yeah. movements. Uh, yeah. The the one standout for me was when, like, Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly were making out. And, like, Paul Rudd pulls back and, like, kind of is, like, flipping his head around, like, saying the stuff that Luis is saying. It was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my God, it's so perfect. Just matches up so perfectly. That was so good. Um... Scott at some point being possessed by Janet, probably the funniest scene yes. in the movie for me. Oh yeah, oh my god, he, he played pl- that character better than Michelle Pfeiffer played that character. Yeah, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer also was not very good. I yeah, I mean, she, was very she didn't good. have much to say. But yeah, she was just saying her lines. Yeah, um, she was cashing the check. That it reminded me of Jack Black playing the sixteen-year-old girl <laughs> in Jumanji. It was so yeah. good. His mannerisms, yeah. it was just, it was just effortless. Like they probably did that in one take. I swear to God. There was a Paul Rudd character break as well at some point when he was playing her. At some point he cracked up, and I can't remember which which part it was, but uh, they had to have a lot of fun shooting those scenes. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I uh, I <clears throat> I didn't like how uh, how like how inept like the FBI is though. Like the. They make him kind of dumb, and then it's like, oh, they have the one mole. It's like, no one's going to realize that this mole, like, this dude is like, oh, it disappeared, and also this guy is now knocked out. And Didn't he die right him. away, too? Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Oh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. She, like, reaches into his chest. Yeah. Like, yeah. he wasn't that bad of a dude, and then <laughs> he just got, oh, yeah. Poor, yeah. poor guy. <laughs> yeah, but the FBI just, just they're basically more comedic relief this movie yeah yeah um it was it was really funny the one time when uh when they shrink down uh the the building or the lab in the middle of the woods and they're all there mm, that killed mm-hmm. me i was not expecting that to no me neither <laughs> um so w- what do we think about the whole motivating factor of this having to like dive into the quantum realm and all that stuff you, yeah, like, so, did you even like really care about that? Like, it just didn't feel like an urgent thing. Also, they don't know if she's gonna be alive. Like, yeah. I feel like thirty years in a quantum realm where we yeah. have no idea how food and water works, how basic survival works. Like, mm-hmm. as scientists, I would expect that they would think that the possibility of her being alive down there is slim to none. But yeah, yeah that was like the whole impotence or, or, or the 
why this movie existed. <laughs> it was like, yeah. yeah, it just didn't feel like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it, and then it was like they they had been like working on trying to do that ever since whatever he said he might have seen her, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, he was probably just hallucinating and imagining just a bee in front of him when he was down there and then and then it was whatever he had like his dream and they were like oh it's got to be real got to do that and i get it all right it's it's a fantasy movie yeah like you gotta suspend some disbelief there but also you know they gotta be logical so we have that being kind of weak as far as the main plot of the movie wanting to extract a potentially live or dead michelle pfeiffer and then we have the other main factor of the movie is the villain she was just she was dying and like that was her motivation like she wasn't really a bad person she just didn't want to die and she was willing to kill to get you know what she wanted yeah kind of refreshing but also kind of like i yeah if she dies whatever if she wins whatever i didn't really care yeah yeah they didn't build you up to really care about her all that much and they kind of like started like they were going to when like she first steals it and then she gets back to her house or whatever and then she is like just you can tell that she's like dead tired and like is not happy about what's going on mm-hmm. and then she whatever goes to sleep in her weird chamber and you you kind of feel like they're trying to build you build you up to like kind of have some sympathy for her and then it's just like then she just becomes total hardcore like murderous path right after that and it's like all right let's... and also she has a murderous past like she yeah. killed she killed for shield which is dark yeah. yeah um yeah i don't know i i was just eh on her mm-hmm um, did you see the Lawrence Fishburne twist? Uh, I did not, and I felt like I should have. But then I expected that to be her daughter, but it wasn't. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. see that additional twist coming. Yeah. No. I felt like I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. Yeah. No. I uh, I was gonna be really upset because I felt like after that like first scene in his office, I was like, oh wow, we're not gonna return to him after yeah. this. And then I was like, oh, all right, we're cool. We're yeah, good. We're go- I'm good with that. <laughs> we're good. Um, and I also didn't understand when they were doing the flashback sequence for Ghost. That her dad wasn't supposed to be him. I still didn't realize that. Yeah, me <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait, that's a white, dorky like, Russian white dude. dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what? What is this? Why do they make Lawrence Fishburne like that? And then they show like Lawrence Fishburne as Shaft in like his flashbacks. First of all, the de aging CG looked amazing. Yeah, that was the best de aging CG I'd ever seen. Like, compare that to Tron. Do you remember how yeah. bad that oh was? Oh my god, yeah, Tron was brutal. They looked incredible. I mean, <laughs> you look at uh, Carrie Fisher in Rogue One. That looked god awful. Yeah. This looked really good, in my opinion. But yeah, him and Shaft. And yeah, that whole scene, I was like, wait, why does she keep running back to this fat, bald, white dude? <laughs> That's not her dad. Oh, it is her dad. Okay, got it. Yeah, I was uh, Yeah, I was uh, really confused by that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I also don't understand the whole quantum realm. And like, I didn't like all the scientific talk, how they're just like... Do, like, do you guys it, just put quantum in front of everything? Yeah. And, like, I get that. This is, like, just, like, their little, like, riff on how, like, in every movie, everyone's like, oh, can you put that in English for me? Yeah, Like, when someone doesn't understand. But it was, like, at times it was, like, okay, we get it. How about you just, like, say it in normal terms so, like, the audience can understand? Yeah, it's just, like, we need to go get the flux capacitor. We need to get the shifting, like, melder. Uh, Go get the atomizer beam. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, uh... I was confused by did did Paul Rudd in the first movie did he go as like deep as they went at the end that Michael Douglas went at the end like where she was or was he because like I was really confused about, I think like, he the levels he went of this shit he went as deep as Michelle Pfeiffer did when she was de de arming the atom bomb like she went okay. subatomic to pass through material 
Okay. And then briefly came back, but then I guess you're lost in that forever once you do that. Okay. And you just go deeper and deeper. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Very tough to understand that as a non-comic book reader, as we both are. Yeah. Um, but that's tough. Like, we're talking quantum physics here, and nobody understands that shit. Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, that was confusing as hell. Yeah, like, what are the rules? <laughs> yeah. It suffered from what are the rules? I don't know what's going on yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's talk. Uh, let's talk funniest like scenes and lines. What did you? Uh, what, what were your like funniest stuff going on? I got a couple more written down here. Um, he goes, "Well, Scott, we think when you were down there, you might have entangled with Janet." No, Hank, I wouldn't do that. I respect you too much. <laughs> <laughs> that, that got a laugh. The Stanley cameo was pretty good. The '60s were great, but I am sure paying for it now. I'm over the Stanley cameos. They over. gotta do it. I know. Enjoy them while you can. He's in bad I shape, Austin. I know. He's also there's like a elder abuse lawsuit going on with him too. Apparently, oh, like his God. family's like oh, yes. taking advantage of him. I was like, so I feel like, kind of bad for not caring trying about to, like, it. Steal his house and money yeah. and stuff. Yeah, bad. Might be the funniest five minutes in the movie when Scott gets shrunken into little kid size and was running around the school. <laughs> when, he, when he starts running after he comes out of the closet, I was dying. With like I the was baggy dying. sweatshirt, like, yeah. <laughs> and him running down the stairs all slow and not being able to get into the car. Yeah. That was another thing that sucked, is then he gets in the car, and then Michael Douglas makes a couple comments, but like the comments that he makes are just like not funny because of how he delivers them. How was school, champ? <laughs> yeah. But I thought his line delivery wasn't good in, in uh, the first one, where he's like, I need you. <laughs> to become Ant-Man. Like, I feel like he was face-palming just reading the script and doesn't really care about this role. I don't know. I guess. Maybe. 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 Um, I got one more about when Wally Goggs got on the boat. He's like, ah! Oh, how did he get on that boat? How did he even get a ticket for the boat ride so fast? Um, I, I, I actually really like that because there's a lot of, like, sequences in this movie where, um, where like, someone where either Evangeline Lilly or Paul Rudd just ends up in the car again after, like, flying. It's like, no windows are down. How'd you get in here? It's like, or also, like, they just all of a sudden are back together after clearly being super far distance apart. So that (laughs) joke actually landed with me really well because I was like, at least they're pointing out. That's kind of absurd. There was a lot of exposition dumps that were, like, jokey in this movie um, with Ray... What'd you say his name was? Raymond Park or... Uh, Randall, Randall Park. Park was yeah. explaining to the daughter why <laughs> yeah. he was in trouble. It was basically just reminding the audience in like a 30 second summary, really fast spoken. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of stuff like that. And then like the, yeah, how did you get a ticket so fast? It was almost like fourth wall breaking, but not really. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, we can be a little jokey here, but we're not going to go Deadpool style. Yeah. Um, I liked the, uh, I liked the scene of him, you know, like trying to spend time without leaving the house and just like what he yeah. does, like in his normal routine. <laughs> yep. I enjoyed that. Especially then, the cut to him crying while reading Faults on Our Stars and then just jamming out on his little, like, rock band drum set. And then bringing live, like, human-sized ants to recreate what he does every day. <laughs> and that was really off-putting to me. It's like, is this ant really taking a bath? I know, that was so weird. Yeah. So weird. Is so ant wacky. just sitting on the couch eating cereal, like, literally playing with a remote? This is like this is the same universe that Infinity Wars in, and this does not feel right. Oh god! <laughs> and like when the ants were like backing Morpheus up against the wall, and like yeah. it's just like giant ants, like yeah, <laughs> really uh, weird. I know. Yeah, yeah, that stuff was weird. Um, um, the only other note I had was the girl, the the daughter was really good. Where there was a, 
in 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 the movie where she goes, "I would be your partner," and he's he started laughing, and she goes, "Oh, don't laugh." The entire audience was like, "Oh, <laughs> it was so bad." But she was really good. Oh man, yeah, she's pretty good. She was good. She, she was good. Better than most child actors, I'd and say. Child actors could ruin movies for me, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did like, uh, I also liked uh, Judy Greer and Bobby Cannavale as, mm-hmm. you know, the ex-wife and the stepdad. I love Bobby Cannavale in this He's movie because so it's like a perfect spin on like what, like usually the step-parents are like. It's usually like they're evil and stuff. And he's they just love like so other. supportive and like how he always runs in to give a hug <laughs> at the very end too. It was so, it, he was so nice and so was she that for a minute there I couldn't remember. I was like, is that his sister? I can't remember. Is she going with his sister? Nope, that's his ex-wife. Got it. It's just a spin on the ex-wife doesn't hate him. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. <clears throat> um, should we talk about the uh, the end? Like yeah, the so we've, we've had some fun, and um, we had a light discussion here, but let's talk about how all that changed in the uh, mid-credit scene, and yep. we went back to depression. Yeah, so, uh, so, you know, we get cool, cool end credits, and then we get to the mid-credit scene, and uh, they're setting up to he- send... Uh, Scott back into the quantum realm to gather quantum energy or something. Healing so ghost, energy. Yeah, so Generic ghost can plot continue, device. Yeah. yeah, so ghosts can continue being healed. Um, <clears throat> and so they send him back in, and he goes deep, and he gets it, and he has, like, whatever. He's on the walkie-talkie or the headset. And he's like, all right, ready to come back, guys. And uh, it's sort of <laughs> staticky here. And then we cut to back in the real world, back on the va- outside the van where, like, they were doing the... <clears throat> where they had sent him in, and... All three people had disappeared, so Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Douglas, and Evangeline Lilly had all disappeared, and God. we saw like the you know the little the little dirt flecks of uh, what happened in Infinity War. How did your audience react? Because mine erupted. I was in a full house, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh no!" There was a we didn't really have that. There was my, I was surprised. There was not a lot of people in my theater. There's really? maybe like fifteen, twenty. Hmm. Um, but uh, there was there was a few people that went like ah, oh. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then there was one guy that like turned to his friends and was like what, and they were like <laughs> oh shit you haven't seen Infinity War oh what an like, idiot no and then they like turned to each other like, oh no <laughs> and I was like, oh my god but I think they did it in a way that it doesn't yeah it doesn't ruin it doesn't ruin either. Infinity War yeah. but it would take no away a little you of or it you don't look up like what's going on yeah but, yeah yeah I did not see all three of them going no. coming i no, figured I was, maybe um michael douglas maybe was, wasp not i was all figuring wasp would stay that was my yeah. guess but i'm i'm surprised that they all like went. michelle pfeiffer just got back <laughs> yeah. and she seemed no like crazy overpowered too yeah. and like wow they're gonna need her for the for the coming battle and gone um, there are a couple comments made by michelle pfeiffer though before yeah hold on in. let's let okay go ahead go ahead yeah so she mentions a couple things. She says, uh, watch out for whatever the tardigrades, which I think is what we saw when Michael Douglas got stuck uh, in like the one level um, mm-hmm. with like the weird like little alien yep. amoeba sucker things. Um, and then she also says, don't get sucked into a time vortex. Little hint. Yep. So are we to think that maybe so there's two different things is Scott could get out by using, you know, the thing that he used in the first movie to get out seems unlikely it didn't seem like he was you know ready really prepared for that or could he slip into a time vortex yeah i mean she said that for a reason yeah <laughs> like that's just a big drop like here's probably what's gonna happen time yep. is gonna be important ant-man is gonna be the imp- most important piece of the entire mcu pretty soon here yeah 
Um, yeah, let's speculate. What, where, where's this going to go? <sighs> Hold Man, on. I don't know. I'm going to speculate with... Do you want to speculate with or without the onset photos that have leaked? Do you know Ooh, about the onset photos? I Yes, I do. So stop um, listening now because we're going to bring those in. If you, yep. if you really want to go in 100% fresh, there's been some onset photos that have leaked that kind of give you some hints about where this is going to go. Not super spoily because we, we don't want to spoil ourselves, but we want to know a little about where this is mm-hmm. going to go. So stop listening now if you're very sensitive to that. Yeah. So the onset photos that leaked essentially show a group of the characters, mm-hmm. um, the surviving characters, uh, wearing like these, these watch things um, in what looks like the Battle of New York from yep. the first Avengers. So we stand to believe that they are using these weird little watch things to go back in time or something like that. Change some events around. Caps yep. in his old suit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe give some sort of warning about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So, do we think that Paul Rudd slips into the time vortex and goes back in time? Yeah. And then warns them about it? Or do you think he goes to the future somehow, talks to future Tony Stark, they devise a plan, and then he goes, and then they go back in time? I believe there's an onset photo with Tony Stark looking old, so okay. I think it's both, and right. I think that's about as far as we can go with uh, with <laughs> speculating. Um, clearly, we're going to go to the past, but I think we yeah. I think we do both because I think we get Cassie recasted. Didn't I? Didn't I hear? She's. She is she is uh like His daughter. Older. I think they got her like ten like a ten year older actress. Yeah, I thought her. it was like a sixteen year old or something. So yeah. yeah, and that's gonna make Infinity War part two, whatever they call it, very tricky because as you know, boy, movies can get messed up with time travel. Yeah. And I really hope it doesn't suffer from like well, uh, this is just too hard to follow and nonsense now. So Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm really worried about that because yeah, if they're going back in time and they're at you know the first Avengers events. What are they doing there that is going to change what happens in the future? And then, like, how does that affect every other movie that has yeah, happened? Yeah, I would hate for it to nullify the universe that we've come to grow and love. Like, as long as they do it where it's like a slip a hint here or there, you know, start a small chain reaction mm-hmm. that ends up saving this thing. You know, Doctor Strange said this is the only way. I would just hate if they were like. Let's kill this person in the past. Let's bring this person back from the past, nullifying everything they've built. You know, they got to be careful here. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they've obviously probably thought through that stuff a ton, but still a little bit troubling and gives me a little bit of anxiety thinking about it to feel like I'm going to get upset. Time travel opens a giant box of worms. Yeah. But like, that's like, that's like some shit that like, the DC universe would do with their whole flashpoint thing is like, they can't figure anything out. Yeah. (laughs) Timelines or who's who. Yeah. It could get pretty convoluted pretty quickly with time travel, so God, I hope they're careful, but I have confidence that they, uh, that they will be. Yeah. Um, do you think that... I, I was expecting um, his daughter to, like, disappear in, like, one of the scenes, or, like, the second scene or something. Yeah. Didn't, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so glad. Yeah. Um, do you think that that, like, 100% secures Hawkeye's family disappearing in, like, the first scene <laughs> of Avengers 4? Yes. I mean, they saved the uh, the children disappearing for that, I think. Yeah. And that's what yeah. brings uh, good old uh, Kurt. What's his name? Clint. What's his real name? Clint. Clint, Bar- <laughs> Clint Barton. Dorky-ass name. <laughs> Hawkeye and Clint. Yeah. His, his family's toast, man. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, glad yeah. they kept the girl around, though. 
That would have been brutal yeah. to watch after how like cute and the good actressy she was the, the whole movie. Yeah. Um. One last thing. Uh, when Luis mentions that he would love to have a suit or a <laughs> yeah. super suit, even a suit with no powers, do you think he'll get a suit at some point? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I thought they were hitting at that this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. At least he got like a a mini car that could go big and small. He got he got a taste of being a superhero. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Grades again. B plus and B minus from me. So a nice average of a B. Yeah. So worth worth your time. It's entertaining. It's fun. You can sit back and relax and watch it, and uh, you'll laugh a bit. And then you'll remember. Yeah. Everything's screwed. Yeah. Everything's. You'll remember <laughs> this. Yep. There you go. Um, all right. So that is it for our Ant Man and the Wasp review. Thank you for listening. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, review, comment, share, all that fun stuff on uh, whatever podcast listening platform that you use on social media. If you find us there, and uh, remember to go check out glitchup.com. Read any articles that we have up there. Uh, we just wrote a best movies of the year so far um, of the year top ten, so you can go check that out. Um, you can probably guess what a couple of them are, but <laughs> there are some there are some hidden gems that you might not not have seen yet. Uh, so go check that out um, and stay up to date on there. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter for any updates. We we do a lot more news on Twitter um, and some news on Instagram as well. So stay up to date on that. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week with, um, I'm not quite sure. Either Skyscraper or maybe The Purge. (laughs) Oh, Skyscraper, let's go. Wait, when does The Meg come out? We can't miss it. The Meg is in August. Okay. Skyscraper is going to be a joke of a movie. So pumped. Okay. So pumped. (laughs) Let's get out of here. All right. Thanks for listening. Skyscraper next week. Let's do it. The Rock. 